enterprising in my surroundings. I'm finding the quietest estates these days. This representation of song brewing amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my change. Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. Speaking of balancing running with the rest of their lives, that's exactly what Kristen Dornboss and I talk about in this episode. She is absolutely fantastic. You're going to love this. She is just, she's everything. She really is. She is everything. She created Paper Trails Greeting Co. this summer, uh, which is one of the coolest running brands and companies I've ever seen. This is just so awesome. Um, They have actually sponsored a couple episodes here on the show, but that's not why I'm having her on. They're not sponsoring this episode. They're not. They don't have any future sponsorships coming up. Um, but Kristen is just a force of nature, and I couldn't wait to talk to her. Not only about her entrepreneurial journey, which I think is really exciting, because. She's pursuing her passion, which is something that so many of us want to do, whether it's running related or not, especially in the professional world. And she's able to do it. It wasn't a linear path. It was this really convoluted path that took her to where she is now. And that's how a lot of things end up. You know, and things usually aren't clean and neat. They're messy and she's scrappy and she's making it work. And it really is really cool. Um and as we hear in this episode, we talk about much more than that. We talk about a lot of health stuff and a lot of running stuff as well. Um, if you're like me, frankly, you're just gonna you're gonna love this conversation because she, again, she is simply incredible, and there's really not much more to say than that. So let's get into it with Kristen Dornbos. Hello, Kristen, and welcome to the show. Hey, Matt, thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. I am so excited to chat. You are somebody who I did first of all. You have one of like the best running business, running related businesses around, right? Oh, Paper Trails Green Company is absolutely phenomenal. It's like it is just absolutely great. And if 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 I didn't already know that or believe it, seeing how many people I've been touched by your Christmas cards that you've been sending out, and they're like going Instagram crazy with all these things, it is you're doing such great work. We're going to talk about that today. But we're also going to talk about your own running journey. But I just wanted to get that out of the way. First and foremost, you are absolutely incredible, and it's amazing in such a short time what you've built with this company. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, I um, I actually was really surprised about the whole Christmas card thing. So I printed off a bunch of Christmas cards. I sent them out to some just friends of the business and people who've ordered from me. Um, and like, I was kind of thinking that it was going to be one of those things where you get a, you know, something in the mail from a business you've supported or some, somebody that you've ordered from or whatever. And, you know, it, it was literally like two sentences, like, Hey, thanks for supporting me. Have, you know, happy holiday season. Um, happy new year, whatever, you know, and the response to it has just been like, so overwhelming. Like there was probably like 20 people that like posted those cards on their Instagram and were like, I'm so touched by this. And I'm like, really? Like it's, a card with two sentences on it, but okay. Like, but that just shows like how much power there is in sending actual mail to people and writing words on a piece of paper and putting it in the mail. Yeah. You took the words right out of my mouth right there. All right. So before we get into it, I have some follow-up things and questions I have uh, regarding exactly what you just said. Tell people what Paper Trails Greeting Company is. What, what do you guys do? If you listen to this show, they might have heard me talk about it in the past, but how, how do you talk about it? You know, the little one-minute elevator pitch. 
So Paper Trails Greeting Co. is, um, it's literally just me, but <laughs> it is kind of the, the brainchild of my quarantine days. Um, it is all about celebrating the everyday runner. And I decided this summer to create a line of greeting cards that are all specifically for runners. And they all say like runner type things. So, um, you know, there's like all the distance specific ones for like your first 5k, your first 10k, your first marathon. Um, and then there's all sorts of everything related to running. So, um, I don't know. I just, at some point I got really frustrated with the fact that there was like, there's no good card for this. There's no good card to say, I'm really freaking sorry that you're injured. And that sucks so much. Like somebody needs to make a card that says that. <laughs> and so, yeah, when I had all of that time, um, over, you know, COVID shutdown, I was like, why don't I just do it myself? So that's what I did. And you did it and you did it so well. All right. So let's talk about like the response that you got again from these like little Christmas thank you cards, right. That you put out in the world. Because I think that this is such an embodiment of why this company, again, this is not a business podcast. Like, so I promise you, if you're listening right now, we're not going to be all business all the time here. But I just think this is fascinating because it, it is such an embodiment of like why this business works. Because here you are just putting out like a quick thank you note. It's a surprise. Again, this is kind of like half thank you, half holiday note. But it's like a surprise. No one expects this. Right. Which is exactly why I'm guessing it's so impactful because there is no obligation there. There is no expectation. And that makes it even more heartfelt. And it really does, I think, um, just connect with so many people um, with Again, that's not really a question. That's just me kind of stating my own opinion. When you're <laughs> when you were when you were trying to create this, what about you know handwritten cards and specifically really niching down all the way down to like runner lingo jargon type cards? Really, um, was something that you thought would have an impact on other people? Well, I think a big part of it is the times that we're living in. So. Um, I mean, COVID plays a, a little bit of a factor into that too, because we can't actually see people in person. And so it's one more way to connect with people in a more tangible way. Um, that's, you know, socially distant and safe, but also like there's this whole culture of like Instagram running friends and online coaches and people I know from the internet who, um, have become actually like really amazing, great friends in real life, uh, whether I've met them in real life or not. And so with all of that, I mean, it's so easy to send somebody a quick message over Instagram. It's so easy to send them a text or a video or whatever. Um, but you know, it all just lives in that kind of digital world where it's out in outer space somewhere and it's not really the most personal all the time. And so I feel like, um, this was me trying to take some of those relationships and, and step in a little bit closer, um, and, and bring that into the real world and, and into something that's a little bit more tangible. So, I mean, if I, if I can't see people in person, um, you know, this is just one more way to connect. Yeah. And I think the fact that it does require more steps and that it's not as convenient as sending one, send, send, sending someone a DM or a text message or even a video, which also, so if someone sends me a video that does feel like a little bit more of a kind of amplifying the personal connection. But because there are more steps in the, in the process, 
And most adults are kind of aware of what that process takes. And oftentimes we kind of dread doing those sorts of endeavors in terms of like, you know, <laughs> filling it out and getting the postage and, and taking it to the post office and all that stuff that it, that that also gets recognized, I feel like, you know what I mean? Like, wow, this person not only sent me a letter, but like, I know what it took for them to kind of get this out the door, right? If anyone's ever, you know, um, done anything that involved uh, more than one card at a time, you know that this can be a bit of a process to get some of this stuff out. With that said, I think that also makes it more heartfelt because you're like, wow, this person th- like cared that much to do that. Yeah, like, wow, Matt just took 10 minutes out of his day to do something nice for me to make me smile. Like, that's so meaningful. Time is a gift. Yeah, so... You, you know, you started this business, as you mentioned, like this, this was a baby, right? You started this over the summer. And for so many people, you know, during COVID, there's been so much interruption with, you know, with everyone's lives. But there are certainly many professions out there that have been significantly affected by COVID. Um, And certainly people have lost their jobs and there's been such high unemployment uh, at various times throughout 2020. And a lot of people either have been forced or have chosen to pivot from a professional standpoint. So when you were thinking about, you know, this as an endeavor and, um, you know, trying to weigh, all right, should I do this? Should I not do this? What were some of the things that you considered um, from a pivot standpoint of like, you know, whether it was something that's maybe more expedient and maybe, you know, something that has more, um I guess, predictable revenue stream versus something that maybe appeals to you personally, creatively, uh, and your sense of impact. How, how did you make those sorts of decisions and what ultimately pushed you in this direction? So, I mean, professionally, like by trade, I'm a massage therapist and um, I was working as a massage therapist at the time that COVID shut down everything. And I wasn't really thinking too much ab- about the future. I was thinking about filling my time and making something meaningful in those weeks of the shutdown. And so for me, it wasn't really about creating any kind of revenue stream. It was about what can I do to make the world a brighter place right now um, and to you know, grow these relationships that I have or, or just to bring a little bit more joy into the world. And I didn't really expect it to become a big thing. And I still wouldn't call it a big thing. I mean, it's a small business. It starts out scrappy and (laughs) all of that. But um, at some point, I just kind of decided like, wait a second, I have the opportunity here to really build on this if I want to. And, um, you know, pre-COVID and all of that, I was starting to really try and ramp up my own massage business on the side. And so like taking my own table into people's homes and doing massage there and bringing it into, you know, offices and just doing my own thing that way as kind of like a traveling massage therapist. Um, And at some point I realized I was like, wait a second, like I could burn myself out doing that or, or I could take a little bit of a gamble here and take this, you know, paper trails thing that I've created and turn it into a business and see where that takes me. So, um, I'm in a way it was my own little pandemic pivot, if you will. Yeah. I love that. See, this is exactly what I expected. You're so good with words. 
anyone who has seen your cards already knows is I've had the distinct pleasure of talking to you on the phone several times over the last couple of months. And I've, so I was able to witness this in person, not in person, but over the phone several times. And, you know, the, the, the pandemic pivot, that's great. I, I will say, what was the, the process from like the first card, first couple cards? Like, was this, did it start off as pure, like, I have a friend who would enjoy this or was there always this always this like kind of like longer term potential vision? Like, I don't know if this will turn into something, but I'm aware that this could be something even right from the jump. Yeah, no, I, I've always been um, I've always been a fan of snail mail and I've always been the person that sends like a random blank card with something, you know, super random on the front and whatever. I write inside is, you know, running related. And I'm like, they, they don't make a card that says good luck on your race. So I'm sending you this instead. And, <laughs> but it never really occurred to me until like, I think it was one of those ideas that, you know, you're in the shower and it all comes flooding in at once. And you're like, how did I not see this before? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I kind of had the idea. It was one of those, you know, you're, you're in the shower, you're like laying awake in bed at night. I forget the, you know, I don't know the exact moment, but it was like, immediately you get a piece of paper and you start writing down like 20 or 30 ideas for all of the different cards that you want to make and all of the things that you want them to say. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I could do this. I could make an entire line of them and then I could, you know, build a business out of it. And, um, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of pre-planning. There wasn't a lot of like build up for years and years. It was just kind of, Hey, this is something that I do and this is something that I need, but it doesn't exist. And then it all just kind of came flooding in. And I, I don't know, I guess I just ran with it because I had all the time in the world. Right. However, I'm not going to push back. I'm just going to like tease this out because a lot of us, all of us, I'll say, have had those moments, have had that, you know, whether it was like this initial flood of inspiration and insight that you described, or maybe even a longer process of like, hey, this is something. This should happen. Why don't we have this, right? Some sort of some sort of version of like, there's something out there in the world that doesn't exist. This doesn't seem like it's impossible. Someone or I should do that, right? Mm -hmm. And we've all had those insights or revelations, but having that revelation is a lot different than, you know, make, you know basically taking it to fruition and taking those next two, three, four, five steps. So what led you down the path as opposed to, you know, toweling off from your shower and then just starting your day and forgetting about it? I think so. One big habit that I have is like when I have ideas or I have thoughts or whatever, I write them down and I have like specific journals of like just lists of things. And it, it doesn't always have to become something, but, um, I, I have one of those brains that if I just have it in my head, I will keep going over it again and again. And so it helps me to just write things down. And I think in writing that down, it gave me this sense of, okay, yeah, I could actually take action on this. Um, that doesn't always happen when I write stuff down, but with this, it felt different. It felt like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm pretty creative and I feel like I, um, know my way around a computer and, um, I've built websites before and just really basic skills like that, that, I was like, you know, I, th I think I could actually make this happen. So I don't know. I don't know what it is, Matt. It just, I, it's one of the ones that has stuck. Not all, not everything does with me. 
Well, that's and that's a great point because not everything sticks, not everything works. And you have had, you know, it's not like this, you know, you, you know, had this through line or like linear progression to all of a sudden you're not only starting your own small business, but you're doing it in an industry and community that you're passionate about, which is the goal, right? For so many people, that's the goal. It's all right, how can I do something that I'm passionate about for people that I care about? And so few people get to that point. And when they see someone else who's doing that, and I'm doing that right now, and I feel blessed to do that, even with that said, seeing you do it like lights me up because it really is so inspirational. So let's talk a little bit about what led into that in terms of, you know, the the education piece and then also just your, you know, the the professions that you, you that you went through to get to this point. Cause I can in you know, for some people, and I know, let's just talk about, I can, you know, I can say my own, like, I had so many disparate jobs that ultimately in their own way helped me in my current endeavor, even though if I were to like come up with some sort of plan, that would never have been the plan. But I've taken like little things from each part and now they've kind of coalesced into what I do now, even though no one would ever draw that roadmap. So let's let's look at your roadmap in terms of how you got here again from all of those different stops along the way. <laughs> I'm just like laughing to myself over here. It's just crazy. It's like a Candyland board. Um, <laughs> it's yeah. So I um I went to college for uh, music. Actually, I have my bachelor's in uh, music and worship arts from a small Bible college. Um, I always jokingly say that it only took me six years to get my bachelor's, but, um, yeah, I bounced around a lot during college and, um, had a couple of majors before I, I signed up for the whole music thing. So anyway, um, I probably will never use that degree again ever, (laughs) but I have it. Um, and I think it, um, has made me just realize how, creative I am and how I can take that, that creativity and apply it to so many different things. Um, and I actually worked, um, in that field for, you know, about a year, year and a half, um, after I graduated and kind of found that it was not really for me. I wasn't such a fan of, um, working at a church environment. I was the worship director at a smaller church, um, in the South and, um, nice people, but I just was not really into being the one on stage all the time. Um, and so I moved back to Michigan, um, did a couple of really weird odd jobs. Uh, in the meantime, I was a kitchen designer for a hot minute and learned a lot about computers and, um, CAD programming and all that stuff. And then, um, kind of made the switch to massage in, I think 2018, uh, was when I decided to go back to quote unquote school for massage. It wasn't really like a school, an actual school. It was like a training program thing that took probably six or seven months. Um, and then, yeah, I had my massage license and went from there. Yeah. And when did running into the picture? Oh boy. Um, I started running in 2016. Um, I was living in Alabama at the time. Um, I I had actually just moved there. So um, I grew up in Michigan and then um, did some traveling and stuff in college. And then after college, I took a job down in Alabama and moved down there, like totally by myself. I knew like maybe two people down there. Um, 
And so when I moved, it was just this really weird, I was living alone. Um, I knew maybe two people and I didn't really have any friends yet. And so I think just out of sheer boredom, I was like, you know, what, what could I do in my, in my free time? Because I would literally just go to work and come home to like an empty house. And then I would go to work and I would come home. And it was like, I don't know, almost like its own pandemic quarantine thing, living alone. Um, But I think, yeah, so I think part of it was just boredom and trying to find something to go after. Because I was never like athletic in high school, never athletic in college, didn't play any sports in school, like didn't even really like work out or anything. Um, And to me that it just seemed like, you know what, I just need something to call my own and something where I can set goals for myself and find some sort of purpose. Um, And that just seemed to be the season where it was right to start pursuing that. Um, I mean, even, and even though like I was at the time I was in like one of the worst ever flares of all of my GI stuff and was feeling really terrible. But like, I think there's something to be said too, for body autonomy when you're, you're living with a chronic illness or something like that. And so much of my experience with my body had been decided for me. Like I didn't get to choose the fact that I was dealing with that. I didn't get to choose the fact that I was, you know, feeling terrible all the time every day. But what I got to choose was running. And that was a way for me to almost take back control of my body and take back, um, you know, do something good for it instead of, I don't know, just being angry at it. That's a really, you know, that's a really great way of putting it. So let's, let's talk about your disease, not only what it is, but also when did it start to become a, uh, a serious and impactful part of your life? Um, yeah. So I started, um, I I've always had weird GI symptoms, like from the time that I was a kid even. So I don't think it was something that like started in college, but definitely when I was in college is when it got to be pretty bad. And, um, I went through the whole route of trying to figure out what was going on. Um, and it was finally in 2016, um, I made a trip out to Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, um, and was diagnosed with exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which is, it's kind of a mouthful. Um, you can Google it. It's super sexy, but basically, um, so like, my pancreas, the process of like secreting enzymes, digestive enzymes that break down food, something is super off with that for me. Um, and I, I'm not exactly sure like why or what caused it. Um, but my body just doesn't create or produce those enzymes that break down food. So anytime that I was eating, nothing was getting really broken down or absorbed properly. Um, so like, Somebody who is lactose intolerant, for instance, um, doesn't produce enough of the enzyme lactase to break that down. Um, And that's why they get all the symptoms and blah, blah, blah. Um, And for me, I'm pretty much just like deficient in all of those enzymes across the board. So in like super layman's terms, it's a it's like being food intolerant. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so so 2016 is when I, I was diagnosed with that. And and I managed it pretty okay. I can take um, these pancreatic enzymes whenever I eat that help kind of break things down 
artificially it's they're like harvested from pigs which is really kind of gross but um whatever whatever works um and then when i started running things just kind of like went off the rails and um 2017 was a really tough year i had lost a ton of weight um i had my first stress fracture which was in my pelvis so i literally like broke my pubic bone the this the super like flat, uh, thin part of your, your pubic bone that goes across the pelvis. Um, so that was super painful and, um, yeah, I just had a lot of issues from that. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, a, there's a lot there. Uh, first of all, thanks for sharing that. And I know that this is, you know, one of those things where, as you put it, like sarcastically, like, oh, it's so sexy. Like it's not, obviously <laughs> this is yes. not exactly a topic that a lot of people want to get into. You've been very right. open about it. Um, was, when did open about it, when, when did being open about it um, become something that you wanted to expressly do as opposed to being reactive about it? Oh gosh, it took me a long time to get there. Um, a very long time. And I would say probably I mean, within the last like year and a half, I've been able to be open about it and share about it. But for a long time, it was something that I just didn't really, um, I didn't really share a lot about it with, you know, even people that were close to me. And was it, I guess, what, what was it? What, what, were the, what were the thoughts behind not sharing it? Um, you know, I think for me, it was just like being really tired of hiding. Like it, it takes a lot of energy to hide something that affects every single day of your life. And it, it takes a lot of energy to act like everything's okay when really, you know, there's something that is going on that, you know, it's just hard. And to me, it was like, way more energy than I needed to be spending just trying to like keep quiet about it or, um, act like everything was, was fine or divert attention to something else. And at some point I was like, you know what, I, it's just easier for me to be honest and open and it's been all right so far. (laughs) Yeah. I can tell you what, while I don't, suffer from uh the disease that you suffer from um nor do i have you know the you know the the propensity to have the symptoms that you have from time to time i will say it is inspiring to see you share it in a proactive way um and it also makes it so much easier uh, not that it was hard in the first place but so you know, it make, does make it even more easy to root for you and be like this is i got really I'm, i can get behind Kristen. like this is really um you know, I don't know. It, it, it's, you know, you, you, I heard you talk uh, on a podcast that you were on like a year ago that like, you were like all about, like, you are all about underdogs. Like you have like literally <laughs> the dog you own is an underdog. Like, oh my like, like by definition, <laughs> right. So, um, but so when you see someone talk openly and honestly about things that are affecting them and doing so, not like in a like fishing for a compliment way or like I'm down all the time and I just like, please, like, please be sorry for me kind of way, which again, we've, we're all there from time to time. I don't, yeah, I'm saying someone's consistently doing that for years. Like you, it's hard to, to be on the same plane with someone like that. It seems like you are open and honest, but in the same way, in the same light, very positive um, about what's going on with you and your life. And, uh, on October 26, 2018, 
You, know, you made a decision, as you put it, to take ownership of your own health in this regard. So what what was that decision and what ultimately led you down that path? Whew. All right. So on October 26th, you said? Yeah. 2018? <laughs> um, that was the day that I had um, a surgery to place a permanent GJ feeding tube. Um, it was something that my doctor had um, had brought up and... Uh, so 2017, I had, you know, the, the first hip fracture, um, and kind of crawled my way back to running again. And 2018, almost exactly a year later, I had, um, the same exact fracture, but literally on the other side. So on my right side of my pelvis, I broke that bone too. Um, and I just had so many things going on as far as like nutritional deficiencies, um, so many weird symptoms and like, headaches and numbness in my hands and feet because I was deficient in, you know, B12 and just crazy stuff that I was, I was not doing well. And I was not getting better really in terms of like nutrition status just by eating. Like I just literally could not keep up with the demand. Um, and so, yeah, I finally, I said yes to it. I said yes. And I was like, I, don't know if this is going to be a helpful thing. Um, and I guess worst case scenario, it's not a helpful thing. And I just tell them, please take it out. <laughs> but um, yeah, I had the surgery in October of 2018. Um, and I think it was probably one of the best decisions that I've ever made for my health, even though it was like the scariest thing ever. But um, it's totally changed everything for me. So you know, you, you mentioned that your symptoms really kind of reached a new level when you started running. And then you, you make the decision ultimately to get the tube uh, put in. And why not just stop running, right? Why, why continue down that path when it seems like just discontinuing the new running habit that you had started? You weren't even like this lifetime athlete. Like you had mentioned, like you were not an active kid. You didn't work out. You didn't play sports really. I think you had one year of sports in high school, like one season of sport in high school as a freshman. Um, you come to this later in life. You, you're doing it for like a year and a half. Why continue down the path when you have this as, a, as this big hurdle um, in front of you? I think my mentality was there's really no guarantee that that I'm going to go back to being healthy or have having no issues if I don't run. And I don't want to just quit my life. I don't want to just like quit living and quit doing all the things that I love. Like the point is not for me to be doing less. The point is for me to be living more. And can this possibly help me do that? I didn't know the answer to that, but it really has. Does that make sense? Does it make sense? What what a powerful statement uh, that you just said. Of course, it makes sense. That was that was really something. Now you mentioned you know the doing less part. What what in your life do you feel like uh, you were doing less of because of your disease and you know how it was affecting you, not just physically but maybe mentally and emotionally as well. Like, what, what what were you checking out of that you, in retrospect, wish you had been a part of? So many things. <laughs> um, it really isolated me in a lot of my relationships. Um, I think there was a lot of fear of getting too close to people, so that you know they wouldn't 
I didn't want them to see the full extent of everything. Um, and then even just like stupid day to day stuff, like I was afraid to walk my dog around the block because I knew that I was going to need a bathroom. And I was afraid of like, what's going to happen if I'm halfway around the block and I don't have a bathroom. Um, I was afraid to pursue other things in my career that I wanted to pursue because I just didn't know if I had the energy or, or the ability to do that physically. Um, and so I, I stayed at that terrible, awful ch- kitchens job um, for a lot longer than I probably should have just because like I had a desk that was right by the bathroom and it was like such a scary thing to leave that, you know? Um, so a lot of things, I just, <laughs> everything. That's my answer. All right. Can we talk about mindset? Because you, you know, what, what you're talking about, and I know that after, after that tube was put in, it's not as if everything's a hundred percent. Um, you know, you still, you know, have a, have a lifestyle that is different than, than most people. And when it comes to, you know, every time we've spoken or interacted at all, it's just like this conversation. Like you're extremely upbeat. You're very positive. You're super engaging. I can see these types of things um, affecting people by people. I mean, me, (laughs) if I was in your shoes, (laughs) I can imagine myself being a negative, bitter, you know, person, not all the time, maybe, but really, really harboring that time and time again. Um, what are some of the things that you've done to kind of kind of inculcate yourself in that more positive feeling um, than kind of going to the other side of things? I think really it just comes down to like, I didn't get the choice, right? I didn't choose the body I was given. I, w- I didn't choose this. Um, but I had um, an, an older lady that kind of mentored me for a little while. And um, she would always say like, you get to choose the impact that you have on the world. And that would always stick with me. Um, yeah, she's a great lady. <laughs> I'm getting emotional. <laughs> well, it, and the thing is, I think, you know, when someone goes through something that is, you know, certainly in your, like in your sense, like, you know, atypical and something that, you know, makes you very, you know, at, at certain points in your life, as you mentioned, like very self-conscious, Right. I would think I would, you know, I would assume that that would probably make you more empathetic as well, because you're living this existence where you're constantly like, you know, trying to figure out exactly what's going on. Do you feel like on some level that that has led to maybe more empathy within you as well? And I say that as someone who's, you know, read all of the cards that you put out. I'm like, this person like gets other people like she's like, you know, like she's like reading my mind right here. Um, and I wonder if that has has on some level been, um, you know, a, a, uh, a result of some of the things that you've gone through? I think so. I think um, it just me being who I am, though, like empathy has never been something that I struggle with. In fact, it's probably the opposite. Like, I, I think in some of the best ways, like, this whole journey has made me so much braver about metaphorically kind of giving the middle finger to anybody who's a hater out there. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like there's this false idea that in order to be like a quote unquote real runner, you have to be this picture of perfect health. And so, you know, people in the running world have finally started talking about stuff like 
fat shaming and food shaming and all sorts of different shaming and health shaming is a real thing too. But like, man, it's just BS. I was actually, so I was at the, at the gym like a week ago, I think. Um, and I was wearing a crop top. And so obviously the tube is showing, but like, I don't know. I don't wear crop tops a lot, but just sometimes you just want to wear the cute crop top, Matt. Um, I, I can relate. Kristen, I can relate. <laughs> um, I was, I was following this, this lift program that my coach gave me. And, uh, it's, I mean, it's Mary Johnson. So like, you know, homegirl has me lifting heavy. And so I'm doing some kind of weighted lunge and just feeling like a goddess. And this guy who's at like the next station over kind of comes over to me and he's like, Whoa, are you sure that you should be doing that? And I was totally floored because he's just like implying completely implying that like there's runners and athletes out there. And then, you know, there's this other group of people that are people with, you know, medical conditions or devices or disabilities of whatever kind. And those two groups in his mind are mutually exclusive. And so I'm like, nah, Jim, dude, like I'm good. I can run marathons and do triathlons and lift heavy with a feeding tube. Thanks, but no thanks for your concern. Like I'm actually pretty badass. I love that story. I love that story. And it's also like a check on where I was going with the podcast. So I appreciate that because I was like kind of digging into this stuff and like probably not not necessarily taking the right tone uh, with all of it. So I, I do. I certainly and that is awesome. That is a great story. <laughs> and you're right about Mary Johnson. Um, you know, she's been on this show actually twice. And if people don't know her, um, go check her on Instagram. It's a marathon. Um, yeah. I mean, hey. <laughs> she's she's the real deal and i can totally picture all of this for sure um, oh my gosh and i love that i didn't actually say those things though i did not actually say those words out loud i was more just kind of like pretended to have not heard him and yeah passive aggressive ignoring people is my superpower there you go all right but even with that said, right? I mean, this this is great because we talked earlier about how like that was like kind of the fear before of like, you know, you're self-conscious about it, so on and so forth. And now like you're here like, hey, like, you know, go F yourself kind of feel like, you know what I mean? Like I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do my thing and that's it. Like I'm not going to worry about that. Yeah. I love that. That That is really cool. All right. So um, let's talk, let's just talk about like just from like a logistical standpoint, like how does this affect your running because you're 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 active runner you're you love it here you are you got this like mary's a great coach you're lifting hard you've done triathlon you like you're you're all in all the way so how does you know your disease in the feeding tube how does that affect you from a say like you know not just my nutritional perspective but like fueling your run like before and during oh gosh i'm still trying to figure that out matt (laughs) So if you have the answers to that, please call me and we'll, we'll have a chat. But, uh, no, really, honestly, like it's a lot of trial and error. Like I was super, um, I don't know. I was kind of surprised that they like, just like put this device in me and like gave me a couple of supplies at the hospital and like sent me home and they were like, good luck. And it really has been just this process over the last couple of years of figuring out what works and what doesn't. And I feel like now I have a little bit of an idea, but like, um, I don't know, for instance, like a month ago, I ran my first marathon and it it was a total shot in the dark as far as like, how is this going to go? What am I actually doing here? Um, 
I'm still trying to figure that out, man. I don't know. Yeah, I I actually got to see something like this in person when I was younger. So when I was in my mid twenties, my mom like went in for a procedure because they thought she had like a little like non cancerous lump on her stomach. So she went in for this procedure. It was supposed to like take like two hours. Um, I mean, it was serious, but it wasn't serious. You know, um, she was in there for seven hours. Comes what? out, and the doctor's like, "This was way worse than we expected." There were multiple tumors. They were cancerous uh, or they were about to be cancerous. They weren't cancerous yet, but they were like, this was definitely not where we want it to be. They removed her entire stomach. What? So they basically just connected her esophagus to her upper intestines. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, then you were probably thinking exactly what I was thinking of like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, you don't, what do you mean you don't have a stomach? Like, right. where does How do the you food like go? That? So, I mean, you know, I learned later on, as did my mom, because she had to live through this, that, you know, basically almost all of the food absorption happens in the upper intestines, whereas the stomach is kind of more like the way station before it heads in. Um, the the one big um, exception to that is B12. So she has to get like B12 boosters, I think twice a year. Um, but basically, when they connected her esophagus to her intestines, you know, they they, they do the best they can. But the, the hole was so tight that, like, nothing fit in the hole. So it was oh. insane. Like, so, so you know, she had to, like, get this, like, and I'm not going to talk about all the procedures. Anyway, she had to literally, it was almost like figuring out, like, what a baby can eat and what is they're allergic to. You try, like, one food at a time. Like, she literally had to go through that process of what can oh I, gosh. what will agree with my GI system? One food at a time. And it was wild to witness. And you're like, you know, and, and a lot, a lot of the things like did not go great. And <laughs> so you like, you're, you're witnessing this and you're like, oh my gosh, I feel so bad. And like, obviously you're happy that like they caught the, the cancer. At the same time you're witnessing the after the aftermath and you're like, this sucks, you know? Um, and it, it is wild to witness. So when you say like, Hey, I'm still trying to figure it out. Like my mom had that surgery 15 years ago. And even now she's like, and they came out, you know, she went out, say, but her and her fiance went out to dinner. I'm like, hey, how was dinner last night? And she's like, oh, my gosh, something that I ate did not agree with me. It didn't go well. Oh, you know what no. I mean? And you're like, <laughs> yeah, this, you know, this started 15 years ago. And like, right. she's still like having <laughs> right. those moments. And you're like, is this ever going to end? Like, it, so it is. Again, I say that um, to say, like, I totally get where you're coming from, because it, it, I can imagine it being this not only a trial and error process, but also to mix my metaphor, like, also a moving target of like, all right, just because something works now does not necessarily mean it's going to work every time. Yeah, I feel that for sure. So let's talk about like big leaps because you've taken big leaps, right? You started this business. You have, you you had the feeding to put in and, and you've done these things that, you know, were monumental things like, in your life and have, you know, changed the trajectory of certain aspects of your life. So, while they are certainly very different things, I think they're emblematic of your ability and willingness to kind of like, all right, I don't know exactly what's going to happen here. I'm going to take the best information that I have and I'm going to make a decision and I'm just going to move forward with it and just full steam ahead type type feeling. So if you were talking to somebody who's kind of going through something like that right now, let's just stick with the business side, right? They're, they're thinking to themselves like, hey, like I have ideas. And I think I could do something. And I think there's a place in the market for something that I can do and do well and do with passion and, and, and energy. But I'm not sure 
like, I don't know what's going to happen or I don't, I, I need certain guarantees. Like if you were going to be that person's like business coach, what were some of the things that you would tell them that, you know, you can now speak from experience a little bit that has kind of worked on your end? Business coach. That's funny because I just feel like I'm winging this entire thing. Um, I would say don't, don't overthink it. Just go with your gut. Like I don't, and I know that that's terrible business advice probably, but I've been listening to a lot of, um, David and Megan Roach, their podcast, um, some work all play. And they, they talk a lot about shooting your shot. You know, the idea of like, you take so many shots as a basketball player, right? You played, you played, um, basketball in college, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And like, not all of them go in, right. But like the more shots that you take, the more you're actually going to make because, you know, you're, you're just, you're practicing doing the thing that you want to do. And I don't know, gosh, I, I think I just took that to heart and was like, okay, here I go. I'm shooting my shot. (laughs) Um, I, I'm not somebody that really overthinks things. And I have always been like that. You're, you're totally like hitting the nail on the head. Like I just, I get ideas and if I feel like it's something that I really want to act on, um, I do it and I don't look back and it hasn't always worked out perfectly. Um, but now here I am with this life that I really actually love and I have a really weird, interesting, crazy life and there's absolutely nothing bad about that. And I feel like if you have something in your heart that you really want to do, whether it works out or not, I mean, taking that shot is going to bring you to a different place. You know, um, if you want to start a business or a podcast or a newsletter or anything, really, I mean, taking that shot and and starting the thing and doing the thing, if it works out, great. If it doesn't, you're still in a different place than you were before. And I don't know, to me, it's like, that's the whole journey. So are fear and self-doubt present with you? Um, or are they just something that, that, that's not there? Oh, it's definitely present. Yeah. I, but I think that I'm just, just impulsive enough that I will do things anyway. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, you know, when this topic comes up, I think back to Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Big Magic, and she talks about, and maybe it's, maybe she's paraphrasing somebody else. I, I can't remember. It's been. I don't know, maybe a year and a half since the last time I listened to it. And um, she talks about how, like, basically everyone's welcome. And by that, by everyone, I mean, like, all of her emotions are welcome, right? So when she talks about fear, she's like, you know, we're getting in this car. Fear, you're part of the family. You can come in, too. You know, but, like, <laughs> we're getting in this car and we're driving. So you want to sit in the back and be part of it? Great. But you're not playing with the radio. You're not, you don't get to touch the map and by and you know like and good heavens you will never touch the steering wheel so i'm not saying you can't be part of this family but you aren't setting the course for where we're going oh i love that i love that so much actually you know what? i came up with that you know that's forget elizabeth gilbert i'm gonna take i'm gonna take credit for that one <laughs> no. <laughs> no uh kristen thank you so much for coming on the show i i love talking to you i had the pleasure of talking to you several times before this conversation each one has been Lovely, fun, exciting. Uh, and this one was no different. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks so much, Matt, for having me. 
Kristen, thank you so much for coming on the show. If you haven't done so already, go check them out. Paper Trails Greeting Co. Their website's phenomenal. They also have a phenomenal uh, Instagram page, which kind of mirrors the website in a lot of ways. And you just got to go check them out because not only are these cards the real deal, they're just also funny. They're really cool to see. Uh, and as is she. So go check them out today. Also, go check out the Rambling Runner Virtual Summit. You want to crush 2021. I know you do. I know you do. 2020 has been hard enough. Let's go do some amazing things in 2021. Today was the Marathon Project that so many of you watched. I know I did. And we got to see some of the best runners in the country, best marathoners in the country, go out and just have absolutely amazing days. And they were finally able to race in a way where they were comfortable, they were able to plan for it, and just get it done. In 2021, a lot of us are going to have that same situation. So let's put yourself in the best possible position. Go to the Rambling Runner Virtual Summit. Learn from 23 of the best people in running about all a variety of different specific topics that can relate to you in so many ways, and you'll be setting yourself up for that exact same kind of success. Thank you so much for listening, and happy running. This has been a production of Rambling Runner Podcast. This podcast is produced by David Margetti of InPost Media. Thank you to Meta P for the music. His song, Righteous Path, featuring Rex Mayhem and Chip Fu, is produced by Symphonic Bang. Yeah. Enterprising in my surroundings, I'm finding the quietest of states these days. This representation of storm brewing, amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my change. I'm trying to show this industry I got.